Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to Luke, the second chapter. We're just going to begin reading this story of introducing us to the birth of Jesus Christ. Luke 2, verse 1, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. That must have been where it started. This taxing was first made from Cyrenius, governor of Syria. It all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city, including Joseph, who took his uh, now very pregnant wife to Bethlehem uh, for that very purpose. And the Bible says, um, and, and so it was, verse 6, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should bring forth uh, her firstborn, not her lastborn, her firstborn. And, uh, and the Bible says, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in those days, uh, uh, same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I just think it's so cool. Stop and think about that. You got a bunch of shepherds out there. All they're doing is, is uh, you know, minding their own business, you know, taking care of their flocks and how God so ties us in uh, with the shepherd and the sheep. Uh, Jesus, the Bible says, is the chief shepherd of our souls. How many are grateful for that? Amen. But we're like sheep. And it's interesting about sheep. Sheep really don't have any, de- they have no defensive um, uh, uh, weaponry. They have no way to protect themselves. And not only, uh, not only that, they're very independent and, and, and stubborn. And it's amazing how God, not out of criticalness, but how God identifies us, listen, listen, identifies us with, uh, as sheep. In the sense that uh, because of the Adamic fall, we have this kind of a stubbornness in us uh, and independence. God, your greatest independence in your life was when you discover your dependence on God. That's your greatest independence is being totally dependent on God. Amen. So let's continue. The Bible says, and the Bible says, and, and the angel, yeah. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And the Bible says they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, uh, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Say good tidings. Amen. Of great joy, which shall be to all people. And I just added this, all peoples, all nations, all ethnicities. Amen. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, or the word means healer. It means, it means a deliverer of whatever you need deliverance from, whatever you need healing from. And the word actually means to make you whole, to make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. How many want to be whole? Spirit, soul, and body. That's what that promise gives us, okay? Which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign, the Bible says to you. What, what is the sign? You will find the babe uh, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And the Bible says, suddenly there was, with the, uh, with, there was with the angel, Gabriel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Hallelujah. So 4,000 years of messianic prophecies at that moment came to uh, fruition. And it brought a massive expression of praise in the heavenlies. I mean, all heaven and earth, a hell itself, all the demons of hell, all the demons in the heavenlies, they all heard this shout of praise. I'm telling you right now, it probably created and also a great measure of fear uh, for the demons of darkness. If you agree, say amen. 
Now, 740 years uh, prior to this moment in time, Isaiah prophesied, or he foretold of this promise. I'm just going to read a couple of things here out of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah said this, For unto us a child or an earthling... Unto us an earthling is born, and unto us a son or the second person of the Godhead was, is born. Isn't that cool? And uh, uh, God incarnate in flesh. It, uh, unto us a son, God incarnate in flesh is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Amen. And, and I just want you to know that God or Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, does not govern us with an iron fist. He's not a manipulator, a control freak. He's a very loving, compassionate, kind, and caring governor. How, I mean, how many want Jesus to govern your life? I mean, and I really do believe that. I believe with all my heart that what you saw in this last election was simply the fact that God wants us to get our hearts on his governing ship and not on the natural world's governing ship because no Republican or Democrat's going to save America. Only our faith in and obedience to Christ will. Give God praise if you believe that. Amen. God himself entered our world through the virgin birth. Jesus was clothed fullness with, uh, he was clothed uh, with the fullness of God inwardly and with the fullness of humanity outwardly. And all of his gifts were wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, listen, and destined to be unwrapped for this reason, to reveal the true nature and goodness of God. I'm going to believe that God is a good God. A good God. Amen. Uh, uh, God is a good God. Hallelujah. And his mercy endures. Oh, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures uh, forever. Hallelujah. Now, in Isaiah uh, 714, he, Isaiah foretells of the incarnation of Almighty God. Here's what he says. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a young woman who is unmarried and a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, or, which means God with us. Hallelujah. Then in John, the 14th chapter, Jesus makes it very clear that he and he alone is the divine connection uh, to our relationship with our heavenly father. Here's what he says. He said, I am, Jesus said, the way, the truth, and the life. And he, uh, excuse me, um, no man comes unto the father but by me. Now, I, uh, now, you put this up there. I added this. I am the way to my father's presence. I am the truth of who he is and the life he wills for you to have. Isn't that beautiful? That's exactly right. I just love that. I'll say it again. I, I am the way to my Father's presence. I am the truth of who he is and the life he wills for you to have. Now, in Hebrews 1, you know, I was, I, God is so good how he gives us. The first thing she, my precious wife, opens her mouth at prayer today, and the first thing she says that God is a good God. Uh, we thank God that we thank God. You talked about the goodness of God. That's the first thing you said, not knowing at all what I'd be sharing on. So you, are a lot, you and I are more connected than you realize. It's really scary, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 1, watch this. In many separate revelations, and I put up here unveiled truths because that's what, that's what they are. There, you have that scripture up there? It says, uh, Hebrews 1, 1, in many separate revelations, unveiled truths, Unveiled means, means the blinders have lifted off your sp spiritual eyes so that you're able to see what God is saying, okay? Now, listen, watch this. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, so every time the prophets would prophesy, it would be like a piece of puzzle coming together to show forth 
the redemptive work of God through the virgin birth. That's what this is all about, okay? God spoke, uh, um, each of which sets forth a portion of the truth in a different ways. God spoke of old, means Old Testament, B.C., before Christ, okay? To our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in the last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son. So no longer are we listening to the prophets of old, we're listening to the son. Are you catching this? It's so important you catch this, okay? Uh, uh, by the, uh, 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 in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things. And I put all things seen and unseen. Both realms, spirit realm and the natural realm. Now listen, God, the Bible says in the Psalms, I didn't look it up in that time, look it up yourself. It says that, that, uh, that God, um, uh, oh, I'm not going to, uh, is, help me, um, uh, he owns the, um, no, no, no. He owns the earth and that. Uh. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, help me, God. I know what I know. Anyway, you know, God owns everything. Everything. He always has. Okay, he owns everything. He always has. Now listen. The reason Jesus went to the cross was to get it all back for us. I just want you to know that. He, 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 he had it all. He owned it all. But when Adam transgressed, he gave up that lease on the earth uh, to the devil. So the devil had legal control of that. To which, why Jesus went to the cross was to get it back for us. Why don't you give God a good shout of praise for that? Amen. It is. Hallelujah. Now, let's continue. So whom he made heir and lawful owner of all things, and also by and through him he created the worlds, plural, both seen and unseen, okay? And the reaches of space and the ages of time, he made, produced, built, operated, arranged them in order, okay? Now, you, if you're taking notes, John 1.3 and Colossians 1.16 confirms this truth. But let's go on. Verse 3 is one I want to get to. He, that's Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, is the sole expression of the glory of God. I want you to catch this. He's the sole expression. He, he, he's not kind of like God. You know, okay, he's kind of like God. No, he's the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outring or radiance of the divine. Now watch this. And he's the perfect imprint and the very nature of, uh, and the very image of God's nature. I want you to catch that. What the Holy Spirit was saying to the Hebrew believers was that the true identity of God himself will only be discovered through the life and ministry of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to catch. It's so important. Why is that? Why? Because throughout the last 2,000 years, listen, Christians have struggled with an identity crisis regarding who God really is, especially those who have tried to discover his image and likeness from scriptures B.C., Old Testament, where God is painted and portrayed as the complete opposite of the nature and ministry of Jesus. And apart from the Gospels, listen, and especially the Sermon on the Mount, we, we'd be all be living under the same distorted view of God. And listen to me, I've not, listen, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. I've known Jesus for 50 years, over 51, almost 51, and I've been studying the Scriptures all these years, and I, my eyes, I've been so blessed to see uh, who God really is. He is who Jesus is. Amen. And the reason is I've met more people who have gotten their 
uh, biblical, uh, their biblical, born again, spiritual believers getting their biblical doctrine from the Old Testament. And I'm telling you, they get so messed up, it's not even funny. I recently have someone leave here because we just didn't, you know, we, 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 we didn't preach more out of the Old Testament. That's fine. There's, the, the old, let me tell you what the Old Testament is. The Old Testament is, 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 is the story of man's fall. It's the story of God's prophetic mercy and love. God is such a good God, God that when Adam transgressed, and the Bible says he knew what he was doing, instead of God bringing down lightning from heaven, God provided a lamb for him. God, we see the goodness of God right away hallelujah that God was a good God a kind God a loving God a merciful God a compassionate God a caring God can I have an amen the first thing and I mean you see I mean all through uh, but then you read scriptures how you know God told the people God cut, uh, Jews cut the bellies out of the pregnant women tear their babies from their wombs I mean uh, just kill everybody I mean I mean devastation devastation and he got blamed for every bit of it and he had nothing to do with it it's impossible for God to have anything to do with it because of Jesus Christ because he is the perfect imprint of the almighty God hallelujah this really helps us to understand who God is. Because if we don't, we'll spend half of our time afraid of him instead of drawing nigh to him. This is good, isn't it? I'm having fun. Hallelujah. Watch this. The Bible says he's the perfect imprint of God. The very image of God, the nature of God, the likeness of God, the character and conduct of God, all wrapped and concealed in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Hallelujah, that's Jesus. Now, we have experienced this through the years, that if you've ever been accused of something you didn't do or didn't say, of course, we've all been guilty of this, uh, uh, you know, of making mistakes, but if you've ever been accused of something that you know you had nothing to do with, how many know it feels pretty bad? Well, how would you like to be God for 6,000 years, been blamed for everything bad, and of course, we thank him for everything good. But he's, the, he's a psycho God. In fact, Jesus had to go to the cross to save God. If we believe that he is what Old Testament or Old Covenant is written about him. That's why it's so important that we, the way you know Jesus is two ways. You know Jesus through the Gospels, and you know Jesus through the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew, the fifth chapter, something that most preachers, of course, including me, have not preached on lately. But before we go to Matthew 5, now I'm going to go back to John 14. Now, Jesus, what I'm about to read, you have to, what I'm about to read, Jesus has already been in ministry probably two, two and a half years, meaning what? The disciples had been with him that long. And yet they were frustrated because he would talk about the Father and they would be frustrated because they didn't know who the Father was. So let's, let's watch it. Look at here. This is verse seven. Now, if you had known me, Jesus said, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Watch this now. Philip then said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us, suffices, or it satisfies us. Show us the Father. He just said you've seen the Father. Amen. He just said, now, all this time you've been with me, this has been the Father's work. Let's go on. And he said, Philip, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? 
Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Watch this. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. So every good manifestation from healing to deliverance to raising the dead, healing lepers, every good thing, it was the work of the Father by the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Isn't that good? Man, this is good stuff. Hallelujah. Again, the image of these 12 men of God their image of God was more based more on fear than it was on faith. And when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, listen, his message was completely foreign to those who thought they knew God. So let's read a bit of this, Matthew 5. Put that up there if you'd be so kind. Your ancestors have also taught, here it is, say ancestors. He's talking Old Testament forefathers. They taught, what they teach? Love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. Now, come on. You know, and I know that that's not easy. But we can do it. Because if you couldn't do it, he would never tell we could. And God graces us to do such things. Amen. Watch this. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. There it is. That will reveal your identity as the children of your heavenly father. Well, what's our father like? Jesus goes on and tells us. He is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh, whether a person does what is good or evil. He, the Bible, King James says, the rain falls on both the just and the unjust. And when you read that, you're, well, let me read it the, way, the, the, the passion again. He says, he says uh, whether a person does what is evil or good. So are you promoting, you mean Christians can do evil and God still bless them? That's not what he's saying there. In fact, were you, how many here were evil before you had a run-in with God? Now, how many glad the rain fell on both the just and the unjust? So you can, isn't that good? So he's not giving people a license of sin because the Bible says, again in Galatians 6, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, he's going to reap. If he sows to his flesh, he's going to reap corruption. If he sows to the Holy Spirit or the nature of the Spirit, he's going to reap everlasting life. And the reaping of everlasting life, kids, isn't just simply for you. It's the reaping of everlasting life and those that you have brought to Christ because of your lifestyle. That's good. So we have to unlearn some things. Because God is not. He never has been. And I've always had a problem with that. You know, reading all these scriptures and where God is just such, I mean, you talk about cruel. You talk about evil. I mean, you, I mean and of course, we've, you know, I mean, people have prayed. I mean, I mean, they pray. Oh, God, just send fire down upon Nancy Pelosi. Yes! We prayed, oh God, just, I mean, I wipe out, I mean, get an earthquake and just wipe out all the Democrats. 
But what's so sad, the Republicans are just as distorted as the Democrats. Because no, no political party is going to save our nation. Only Jesus is. Let me hear it with a good clap offering if you believe it. Amen. Watch this. What reward, verse 46, do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even tax collectors do that. How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that. Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, watch this, become perfect or spiritually mature or responsible like him. Amen. See, that's why all heaven, all heaven rejoiced when Jesus was born. You know why? Because God was finally in the earth to show his true image, likeness, and nature. He was finally in the earth to let people know how he really was. And that he got blamed for every kind of evil that was manifested, and he had nothing to do with any of it. And what you should be rejoicing, because if that were the case, you'd be in trouble with God. Say, God is a good God. God He really is. Now, Jesus confronted the Pharisees. Why? Because they were supposed to represent God. And of course, they failed miserably at what they were called as representations of God, okay? He says in verse 10, and he's, he's talking to the Pharisees now. We take this out of context and somewhat, because when we say, uh, the thief cometh not, we, we, we address that as Satan, but it really in this scripture, it's not the devil. It, it, was, it was the, um, it was the um, corrupt shepherds. That's what, he's, that's what he's addressing. I just want you to know that. So he says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I came that they, all nations, all ethnicities, may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Till it overflows with God's image and likeness. That's what this is all about. Y'all agree that we're lights to the world. We all agree that we're the salt of the earth. Amen. And just, so God, this is what God wants in our lives. Would you, come on, just help me out. How many agree that your families, your neighbors, your friends, the environment of all that would be much better if we sharpened our spiritual lives and our behaviors? Come on. Amen. If we were more like this. Absolutely. We would. Now, i got to wind this down. In James, the first chapter. Now, James, of course, was the half-brother of Jesus. And he pastored a church. And here's what he said in the first chapter of James, verse 17. Now, this is the Passion Bible, but I love the way how it's written. Every gift, the gift of love, the gift of faith, the gift of mercy, the gift of, of salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, all, every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. Streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. There's no hidden shadow or darkness in him. I want you to catch that. I, only for this reason. You know, if, 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 you, if there was, then he could be that one who participated in the works of darkness. But there's no darkness in him. Like Randy was saying, you know, Wednesday night, uh, you know, God doesn't have love, he is love. Stop and think about that. Does love kill, murder? Come on, work with me. 
abuse, manipulate, control, uh, um, spread fear? No, none of that. Let's go on. God, verse 18, was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word, which is Jesus, so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become, and become the favorite ones out of all his creation. Stop and think about that. I don't know, for some reason we missed this last part, but it's here in the Passion Bible. There's no darkness in God, nor any evil of it. Oh, there it is. Thank you. Crystal, there's no darkness in God, nor any evil of, there's no darkness in God, nor any evil of any kind. Now give God a good shout of praise. Not any. Not any. Come on. Praise him like you mean it. Not any. Not any. What about all these just completely messed up? perverted and evil people. God loves every one of them. Because the only difference between us and them is Jesus. The only. We'd be just as twisted, just as prideful, just as rebellious. Come on here, every one of us. Just as immoral. We'd all be the... Jesus is the only thing. Thank you, Lord. And I said this in the first service, and I mean it. I've been serving God for 50, almost 51 years. And my salvation experience of the depths of love and mercy and goodness, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't asking for it. I wasn't seeking it. And God showed up on a Sunday night. I didn't even want to be in church. I was just there because this gorgeous woman that... uh, (laughs) I. I don't even think I heard the message last night because you, that night because you were standing so close to me. I was just going holla holla. But she, yeah. And God touched me that. God touched me that night. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, to God be the glory, great things he can do. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so grateful for that. But that's as real to me today. That's how much of gratitude I have for the goodness of God. I, I, I have an overwhelming gratitude in my heart for him and for his love. He is a good God. I said he's a good God. And the people that you work around that may be messed up, distorted, perverted, what, God loves them. He loves them. He loves them as much as he loves you. And your part is to love them, pray for them, hallelujah, and believe God will touch them in their due season. Give a good shout of praise to God if you believe that. Amen. It's true. Absolutely true. I'm going to close in Luke, the fourth chapter. Just another scripture, and we'll pray together. Luke, this is it. Luke, the fourth chapter. This is the Passion Bible. Then, I love this. Uh, Now, Jesus has just come out of the 40 days of fasting and prayer combating all the forces of hell, overcoming uh, the temptations, there were three of them, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, okay? First, first John 5, verse uh, 15 through 17, you can read it. The Amplified was really beautiful uh, in that verse, okay? So Jesus, armed with the Holy Spirit, I love that, armed with the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Rambo, loaded and ready to go. 
not with natural weapons, but the spiritual weapons, the Holy Ghost. Amen. He armed with the Holy Spirit's power, he returned to Galilee, and his fame spread throughout the region. He taught in the synagogues, and they glorified him. Why? Because his teaching was filled with God's unconditional love. Hallelujah. Uh, Filled with compassion, mercy, forgiveness, restoration. I mean, his message was one of hope. His message was one of mercy. His message was one of goodness. Hallelujah. I mean, that's what he was preaching. That's why they came. Amen. This has always been the message of God incarnate in flesh. It has never changed. It never changed from Genesis 1 all the way to the end of Jesus' ministry and on into the New Testament church. Verse 16. So when he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had grown up, he went into the synagogues. Amen. And as he always did on the Sabbath, as he always did on the Sabbath, Jesus went to church. Amen. When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Now, again, they, in those days, they specifically, uh, um, it's kind of like today in some of the denominational churches, you take out your book, and whatever's for December 19th, that you read that, and you share that, okay? Uh, and Whatever, that's, I don't care, that's fine. Uh, I just want fresh manna from heaven, how about you? And so, um, uh, they handed him the book of Isaiah. And, and again, I think it's interesting because it must have been that day that something in Isaiah was supposed to be read. So, but I like what he, it says here, that he unrolled the scroll and found where it was written. He had a specific, the Spirit of God says, I want you to go right here. And, and, uh, and of course, in those days, there was no chapters. It was just a scroll. And he found Isaiah 61. He found the scroll, okay, of this uh, quote of Scripture. He unrolled the scroll and found where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. That's the message. That's the good news for all of us. I have come to share the message of Jubilee. Uh, for them, the year of Jubilee was the 50th year, and, and that, actually that meant, in, in, in Jewish history, that meant if anybody was in debt, that, that debt would be forgiven. If you lost land, the land would be returned. If your children happened to be sold into slavery, your children would be returned. It was a year of Jubilee. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? That's what happens. I mean, that's what happens to you when you get saved. It's the year of Jubilee. Your past is gone. Hallelujah. And it's a new start for you, praise God. It's a year of Jubilee. Musicians, you can come. Let me read that one more time as they're coming. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor. That means spiritually, of course, you know. That was the first thing that Jesus mentioned in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those that recognize that every second of every moment of every day, they need God's help. Blessed are they. Freedom for the brokenhearted. New eyes for the blind. And to preach to prisoners, you're set free. So that's our message. That's our message for the world around us. That's the message that we have today.
I want you to bow your head. I want to pray for you today. It's not no one's surprise that as children of God, we find ourselves sometimes in very difficult situations. And we do sometimes, you know, out of things that are out of our control, things just happen. And then other times, they are self-inflicted. Maybe more than not. And yet, in all that, God is very, very empathetic. Very compassionate. The Bible says that in the book of Hebrews that Jesus, now listen to me, he was touched by the feelings of our infirmities or our weaknesses. He, he faced everything that you face. Everything. Why? So that he could be a sympathetic, compassionate priest in things pertaining to God. And that's what he is to us. Do you remember I've instructed you, and I'll tell everyone here today because I'm going to pray for you. But when you go to God, always remember, please remember this. You have, you have a representation. You have one representing you. And see, this is what I believe. Think about this, deity. God is a spirit being. Now, he has a body just like ours, but it's spirit. Okay? He, we, he made us in his image and likeness. Okay? But Jesus is different. The second person of the Godhead is seated at the right hand of the Father with a glorified earth body like ours. He has flesh and bone, just like we. (laughs) That's so cool. Why does that? Because the Bible says that. I'm not making this up. I, I didn't get this in a dream. And he's seated there at the right hand, have constantly, each and every day, being touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And the Bible says that he's our intercessor. Come on, look up to heaven and thank him right now. That he's your intercessor. The Bible says that. Now, I realize also the Bible says the Holy Spirit is also. But here's the deal. When I go to the Father, I never go to the Father alone. And nor do I go to him, listen to me, in my works at all. I go completely, listen, through faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, my Lord. I go through him only. And when I go to God, I say, Father, I thank you that I have in heaven a high priest, your son, Jesus, my Savior. Therefore, I come to you, Father, in his name, through his righteousness, hallelujah, through his blood. Guess what? You get God's full attention. Then I also say this to God. God, you said in your word that I have a mediator. mediator. See, when Israel was... In the wilderness, uh, they were in trouble because of their compromises. And Moses stood in the gap for them. He became their intercessor. He stood in the gap for them. He was a true shepherd. He loved, he loved God, but he loved Israel, even in the midst of their rebellion. He, be, he stood in the gap for them. Someone stood in the gap for me. Someone stood in the gap for you. It's true. Someone said, God, please touch their lives. Please touch their lives. And God did. So now when I go to God, I don't go to him based on my knowledge of the word in the sense of I'm, you need the knowledge of the word but, uh, or, or the lack thereof. I go to him with my faith in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. That's how I go to the Father. Say this out loud. God is a good God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. 
We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.